1: Lift off! We have a lift
2: off. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you
0: get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge.
1: Ew!
3: Ew! Welcome into the ball blast podcast, everybody, where's our goals to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I know you're sitting there at four and two, five and one, maybe even six and oh, you're killing it. But you know what? If you're three and three, two and four, even one and five, you still got this. You need to put the work in and get those W's. Uh, I should introduce myself. I'm Michelle. I'm the host. You can find me on Twitter at BallBlastM, BallBlastDM.
1: And I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Jake. You can find
0: me at Jake Trowbridge with a W.
1: Make sure, everybody, to go check out our
3: awesome website at BallBlastFootball.com. We have amazing writers putting out consistent content every single day. Make sure to go check that out. Again, it's BallBlastFootball.com. Hit that five-star review. We appreciate it. So much on your podcast app. It just it helps us out, and you have no idea how much. And we had an awesome review that I want to read out loud right now from Amy KK. She said best FFB pod out there. I've been listening to Ball blast since it first started. Kate and Michelle and the rest of the expanded team spend countless hours creating the absolute best fantasy football content out there. They are incredibly responsive and genuinely great humans. I can't recommend them enough. Love that. Thank you, Amy. Oh. Oh, oh! Uh, and then lastly, don't forget about Patreon over there. If you're so gracious and you want to get extra ball blast content, that's just Patreon exclusive. You can get that over at patreon.com slash ball blast. Ball blast is one word, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we had just the best time this previous weekend because we had on Zach Moss. We what? got to interview the great Zach Moss. It was one of the best moments like ever. It was so cool. Coolest dude, legit just like enjoyed himself, doesn't take himself too seriously, but you could tell he's motivated. I just loved everything about him.
1: How did you guys feel? Vibe check. Like he is so great. Uh like he radiates and oozes all of the <laughs> all of the things that like you see from him on the field, but um he's just he was a, a really cool dude. I thought he had a lot of really, really exciting insight that I'm excited for our listeners to get a, an inside scoop on.
0: I think yeah, Zachy and us I... are gonna be like lifelong friends now. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I'm calling him <laughs> Zachy from here on out.
1: Uh, I, love it. I, I love I
0: I feel Zachary. like we earned it. <laughs>
3: Well, he's on bye this week, so we're not going to get to watch him play, but you will get to listen to us interview him, which is just equally as exciting. Uh, So here's the interview.
1: Hello, everybody. Words cannot express how excited we are to talk with this player. We've been pumping him up for the last two years. You know him. You've heard of him. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Zach Moss, running back of the Buffalo Bills, and host of the Moss Mode Show. What is up, Zach? Thank you for joining us. You were uh, just got out of practice, right? You're you're ready for uh, some Monday night football.
2: Yeah, um, appreciate you guys having <laughs> me on. Um, we just got out of practice, literally. Um, so it's been a long day, but uh, yeah, no, everything's good, and you know we're getting ready to go on Monday night. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun game down in Nashville.
1: We are so excited to watch. Outside of football, obviously, uh, you have started your own podcast, The Moss Mode Show. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. Episode one was like a banging interview with Josh Allen in which he uh, like showed off some really, uh, really fun, superstitious rituals, which like, I cannot encourage listeners to go and watch <laughs> that interview enough because you're just going to get like a side of Josh Allen you've never seen. We love the show. What motivated you to start a podcast?
2: Um, Well, you know, for one, I, you know, got my degree in communications. Um, So, you know, broadcasting and TV broadcasting is something I ultimately, you know, after football want to get into. And um, I did my first podcast. Um, I was a guest on it like three years ago. And for some reason, as soon as I did it right after we were done, I was like, man, this is super dope. Um, (laughs) And I loved everything about it because, I mean, as athletes and, you know, as sports fanatics we just talk football or sports whatever it is all day every single day of just arguing with our friends or whatever and you know the perfect you know time came in a sense you know I hurt my ankle um this past season and I was in Buffalo the whole time so I had a lot of time and we just had so many ideas me and my team and podcast was one of the one things that that just stuck um and we thought it would be a good opportunity to do something and, you know, as we got closer to, you know, launching it and everything like that, I just got super more excited about it um, just because I feel like, like you said, you know, for one, for instance, Josh's uh, episode, you know, he shared things that I don't think he, you would get from, you know, your regular media people. And that's one thing I wanted to do was like just have guys come on, be themselves, kick back, talk whatever they want to talk about um, and just learn, you know, fans get to learn more about them um, i think just because it's more of a laid-back um you know kind of show for one me being an athlete um and just having other athletes on and just being able to you know for them to tell their stories and feeling comfortable doing it
3: yeah and you've done such a good job hosting that show so fun to learn that josh allen did gymnastics growing up like things you would never (laughs) hear elsewhere so that's fantastic So you're from Miami and now you're living in Buffalo, two completely different cities. And then you went to school in Utah. Kate and and I actually lived in Hollywood, Florida for a few years. So right near Miami. Now we're living in Houston, but we also lived in Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So we know how different Miami is compared to, you know, those northern cities like Cleveland, Pittsburgh, or now Buffalo. What have you noticed that's the biggest difference between those two areas?
2: Um, You know, besides the obvious, the weather. um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think just the scenery to me, um, you know, I did four years in Utah um, and I had never really been outside of Miami at all. Um, So when I went to Utah, it was just totally different. Everything was just totally different Um, and it was just crazy. So, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is just missing that scenery, missing those mountains, um, because Salt Lake City um, is directly, in the mountains so you know every day i woke up i was just able to go outside and see the mountains get on the highway drive and feel like you're super close to everything being in that you know that area and everything like that um but you know rather than that everything buffalo's a really nice city you know the, i mean the fans there are great obviously um and they have so much love for you and everything like that and it's it's been a really good time though
0: yeah speaking of those fans i mean they they're wild <laughs> zach they are absolutely wild yeah, uh, certainly one of the best fan bases in the NFL, definitely up there in terms of outrageousness. So what do you think makes them so unique and what's it been actually getting to play in front of fans this year?
2: Uh, I think, you know, what makes them super unique is that, you know, from just being here now and going on my second year, um, well, pretty much being in my second year, I think the craziest thing is that it's like a legacy of fans. You know what I mean? Like, you know, from all the guys, I mean, all the people who are fans now that in their younger ages, you know, their parents, you know, molded them into being Buffalo fans. And you kind of see it now. Um, I always tell people, I did a um, an appearance at the uh, Niagara Boys and Girls Club out here. And we were drawing um, some stuff. And I was like, can you pass me the blue marker? And they were like, There's, that's not the blue marker. That's the Bills blue. Right? Like, so like. <laughs> And these kids are only like eight, 10 years old. But like that right there stuck out to me, just saying, like, this is engraved into them, right? So, you know, when it's their turn, um, they'll be doing the same thing with their kids. And you, I mean, you see all the, the great videos of people jumping through uh, tables. I mean, some tables are even on fire, which one I <laughs> another week. Um, and then like putting little babies softly through a little table. Um, like, you know, that's something that they'll never forget and it being a video. So I think that's the most unique thing about them. Um, but, you know, just being able to finally get a chance to play in front of them. I mean, last year it was super, super weird <laughs> in the stadium um, because obviously we didn't have any fans at not one game up until the playoffs. Um, and we only had 6,000 fans inside and it was still super loud. Um, but now just having all of them back inside of there, you know, the energy. And everything like that. I mean, we opened up the season, but I believe like three home games, um, and they've brung it every single time.
1: We do know that Bills Mafia is just, I mean, so much respect for all of the Bills fans out there. Uh, they were very patient for a long time, and I think all of that patience has paid off very significantly in big ways. We we're big fans of your tape, Zach, like before the draft, we couldn't see, uh, couldn't wait to see where you landed. You landing with the Buffalo Bills, who we were already kind of a fan of, was pretty fantastic. But coincidentally, we're also big fans of Devin Singletary. So you landing with the Bills, it was like a bittersweet feeling for us. Because we both just want to watch you carry the ball uh, literally nonstop. Uh, And it's so (laughs) hard because we also want to watch Josh Allen throw the ball nonstop. There's just not enough of you guys to go around. In Utah, you had the backfield pretty much all to yourself. What's it like Now sharing a backfield and what's it like to work with Devin Singletary?
2: Um, Yeah, in Utah, you know, I was pretty much the lone back um, for three years straight um, and I felt it. (laughs) Um, But now, you know, being able to share a backfield with a guy like uh, Devin, um, I mean, it's one is great on my body. Um, I don't have to take that many hits like I'm used to um, and everything like that. But uh, it's great just because you don't feel like everything is on you. Right. I think from having him back there with me um, and then having all of the weapons we have, um, you know, like Josh and Diggs and Sanders and, you know, all the, the entire crew, um, you just don't feel like you have to do everything. Um, and that's a big lift off of your shoulders. I think for at least for me uh, when I was definitely when I was in Utah. Um, but playing with him is fun. I mean, like, you know, we're from the same area. Um, we, we knew each other growing up and things like that, just through uh, South Florida football. Um, so, you know, it was, it was crazy when I got drafted here, um, because when he was at FAU and I was in Utah, um, you know, we were messaging each other here and there on Instagram and things like that, just saying, you know, like, keep going, bro. You know, you know, the whole nine yards is because we're from the same area and we just rooting for each other. And for me to get drafted here, which I had no idea, um, I was going to get drafted here, but me to get drafted here, the first person I thought about was him. And then maybe like 30 minutes to an hour later, he's one of the first guys to reach out to me. Um, That same night, one of the first guys to reach out to me and to say, it's time to go to work, bro. Like, you know, he's excited and everything like that. And ever since I've been here, it's been nothing but love uh, from his side um, and mine. So it's been a really, really good uh, time just being back there in the backfield with him and just, you know, being able to watch him do what he does. And I learned so much from him. Just him being in the league a year uh, before me And we're literally the same age. Um, I just went back from my senior year. He came out early. Um, But just being able to learn from him and take the experience that he has um, from his rookie year, being ahead of me one year and everything like that. And I mean, it's just, it's been a good time. Just that's all I can say, really.
3: And you guys have been killing it this year. Like, you guys are such a good one two punch. Love to watch it. As much as I want to see you get the ball as much as possible, it is like you guys are just killing it for the team. You're getting those wins, and that's really all that matters. So that's awesome
2: yeah that's that's all we we worry about we don't really worry about um you know stats and things like that as long as at the end of the uh end of the game and we're on the winning side of it um and that's all we worry about so however we can help win the team if it's you know 50 carries between both of us if it's 50 catches or if it's just blocking you know whatever whatever it takes is you know our mindset
3: I think in fantasy football, we should start adding in points per block. I think that would be very fair.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we <laughs> it's a very important part. There. We will yeah, be up there in some of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, we are a fantasy football podcast here, Zach. I'm not going to ask you about your stats or anything like that, because like you said, it's it's about the win, of course. But have you ever played fantasy football? Maybe not right now in the thick of it, but back in the day, did you ever indulge in fantasy football?
2: Uh, I didn't um, I'm like I'm a guy who loves sports and I play football and everything like that but when it comes to anything outside of you know doing things like that I just never for some reason um, really had an itch to do it um, I know a lot of my friends do it and things like that and I mean I wouldn't even know where else to really start besides trying to get all the best players you could possibly get <laughs>
3: do your friends <laughs> roster you
2: yeah, they do. Some of them have me on there. Some of them bench me here and there, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
3: I love it. All right. To, to end our little interview today, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. And I just oh, well. want you to say the first thing off your mind. Don't worry about it. Uh, but there's six questions here. So first one, Buffalo's very well known for the chicken wings. Are you a fan?
2: Yeah, uh, definitely a fan. I love wings. Uh, the best place to me um, is bar bills out here in uh, bar East Louisville?
3: Very nice. Favorite drink to enjoy when out to dinner?
2: Uh, sprite.
3: Sprite.
2: Yeah, I, I was talking alcoholic,
3: it's, but it's okay. You can enjoy your sprite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no what no, is your no alcohol
2: in the season. No alcohol in the season for me.
3: <laughs> nice. I like that. What is your go-to hype song before games?
2: Um, anything Meek Mill. Um, super big Meek Mill fan. Um, ever since I was in like ninth grade. Uh, so anything Meek Mill, old, new, doesn't matter. I just throw it on shuffle, and then I go.
3: Love that. You mentioned after the draft, before your rookie season, that you wanted to make defenders to have to make a business decision when tackling you. Uh, we've already seen you do that to many defenders throughout your career so far, but if you got the chance to truck one NFL defender, who would it be?
2: <laughs> That's a great question. Um, <laughs> mm. I have no idea. Um, I really, Zach, I you got to have... have
1: one name. Come on, man. <laughs> don't want to give I anybody have...
2: too much bulletin board material, though, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys going to put a target on my back. No, but um, <laughs> I do have one player overall that I wish that I would have got a chance to just go against. Um, obviously, he doesn't play anymore. Ray Lewis would have been, uh, I mean, a great, great player to go against because a lot of people don't know, I start, I played linebacker from little league all the way up until 11th grade year in high school. Um, it shows and,
3: in your film, you like destroy defenders. Yeah, I was defenders. a big Ray Lewis
2: fan. <laughs> um, so, you know, a guy like him uh, and, or Ed Reed, or, you know, just Troy Palomaro, I think those three are some guys I wish I would have got a chance to play against.
3: I feel like your uh, my answer would have been Miles Garrett. Like I just I personally want to just run over him, so it would be a lot of fun. He's he's a beast. Uh, ha-
2: he's a beast.
3: Yeah, he really he really is. Have you ever jumped through a table or witnessed someone doing it, uh, Buffalo Bills style?
2: Uh, I haven't witnessed anyone not yet. Hopefully, I get a chance to, um, and I haven't myself. But you know, if we get to where we want to get to, and you know, we do what we need to do when we get there. Um I'll definitely jump through three tables and go back to my old <laughs> WWE days.
3: Love it. <laughs> yes. And a uh, last question here. Which team will the Bills be playing in the Super Bowl this year?
2: Uh <laughs> our PR guy is gonna kill me. Um <laughs> you know, I think, you know, obviously I think the Buccaneers are a great, great team. Um, and so many teams that are really good in NFC um and you know when i go home i like i try to watch some of those teams and things like that and watch those highlights um but i mean your guess is as good as mine you know hopefully we just do what we need to do week in and week out um and that's all we can you know worry worry about on our side
3: you're gonna kill it keep oh for you're doing so good this year and uh, i can't wait to watch the game tomorrow night against the titans or i guess two nights but you know what i mean monday night yeah
1: yeah. This this <laughs> week week six or week six oh my gosh the season is absolutely flying but either way we're having a really really fun time watching you play this season you're absolutely crushing it congratulations on all the success you guys have found as a team uh, we really appreciate you joining us for today everybody please give Zach Moss a follow on Twitter at Pres Moss that's P R E S Moss two Follow his show on Twitter at MossModeShow1. And, of course, the Moss Mode Show, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Good luck this week. You will be in our fantasy football lineups. Go, Bills Mafia. We out.
2: Thank you, guys. Bye. Appreciate you having me on.
3: That was absolutely amazing. That was just my favorite part of this last week. Maybe my favorite part of the year, to be completely honest. Like that just got me so pumped. What's my, what's not the favorite part of my week is having to go through all of the football news, uh, that's just coming out from this last Sunday, all the way to practice reports on Wednesday. It's disgusting out there. I mean, so many bye weeks a, and then you have so many injuries. Like, if you can field a roster right now, you're just happy. I was telling Kate and Jake before we got on, like, I saw I had A.J. Dillon on one of my benches Um, and I was just thrilled. I was thrilled <laughs> that I had him as an opportunity to plug into my lineup because it's the so only time that there. will
0: ever happen where you oh. feel that way about A.J. Dillon.
3: It's so bad this week. Like who are some players that you have to plug into like deeper leagues? Cause we all play in dynasty leagues that can get rough sometimes with buys and injuries. Like who's someone you have to plug in this week?
0: I'm excited. I'm ecstatic about Naeem Hines this week. <laughs> like I am so off the wall about it.
1: I, uh, I'm actually starting in a redraft league. So that's how low I've fallen in this redraft league. Um, I'm, I'm starting Michael Carter, who's currently the RB, uh, 45 and PPR formats. And he is like by far the best option that I could ever possibly have. Um, I did tweet this. He's only been above 10 fantasy points once. So, um, the ceiling is just through the roof. I tweeted, I said, (laughs) like, he looks better than he's performing for fantasy, so uh, this is me speaking it into existence today.
3: What's really sad is as you guys talk about Naheem Hines and Michael Carter, I'm like, oh man, I wish I had that in some of these leagues. <laughs> I, Ke- Keelan Cole is in one of my starting lineups. Keelan oh no! Cole.
2: Oh yeah. wow.
3: Yep. Uh, and, That's in that not same, good. In that same lineup, Terrace Marshall. Yeah, I'm not um, going to win that week. I'm not going to win that week. Who I Who hurt have- you? I have Christian McCaffrey on the bunch. I have Zach Moss. I have Julio Jones, Stefan Diggs. Um, it, it's just like every player that could be injured or on a bye is Justin Herbert. It's just it's it's a brutal week. Yeah. Let's yeah. list
1: out those bye weeks. Uh week seven buys Bills, Cowboys, Jaguars, Chargers, Vikings, Steelers. So pretty much every fantasy relevant player. Um, you've got your Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper's, Dak Prescott's, uh, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. I just can't. Mike Williams. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's too much. All the pain. excitement.
0: All the excitement is out this week.
1: And then we have
3: to get into all the news and notes because there's a lot to hit here on injuries that we have to be paying attention to. And then we're going to get into our scrumptious starts. Uh, that's kind of hard to find this week. with Disgusting games. And then a fade of the week, which is really like pretty much if you have a body that's alive and you can plug it in, like you're you're going to be playing them. So it's players we don't like this week, but yeah, you're probably still playing them. But let's jump into the news and notes. Breaking news.
0: Breaking news.
3: Breaking news. Breaking news. news. Alright, we got Julio Jones back for about five seconds until he Ooh. went right back down with that hamstring injury. Uh left the game last week. And I don't I don't know if you can trust him. Like even if he he's not practicing Wednesday even if he somehow ends up playing, I don't think he will. I'm not playing him in my lineup. We've seen this with Julio Jones just recently last year with these type of injuries. And then he gets re-injured during the game, like not risking it, not risking it at all. I have to
1: imagine that they sit him for some period of time. Cause I mean, when, when you're in your first game returning from an absence uh, and a soft tissue injury and you re-aggravate that injury, I have a feeling like these, these Tennessee Titans are going to be a little bit more cautious moving forward. Does this give you any hope for AJ Brown? Cause we saw a little bit of a bounce back this week. Oh, he had a great, a great week. Second half. Yeah, yeah. great Second half of that
0: game. And if, if this is the trend, if Julio's out, then obviously AJ Brown, I still have the utmost confidence in him.
3: He should be a top 12 wide receiver this week against the chiefs. If Julio's out, I really like him um, in this matchup. Allen Robinson did not practice Wednesday with an ankle injury. Hey, if he misses time, it might finally give you a reason to bench him. If you've been playing him all year long, he had his best week by like far last week. Four receptions for fifty-three yards, Got that to is nine, sad. nine points in PPR leagues, and you're like, "Oh, thank you, Hill Robinson." Like, I, I was, I kept seeing him pop up like on red zone. I was like, "Oh, he's catching some balls today. He must be having a good game." And then I look, I'm like, "Oh, no, fifty yards. Woo, he do. <laughs> it's just." It, if he's out, just be like, okay, cool. I finally don't have to play him. Sony Michelle banged up with a shoulder injury. Um, expected to play. And you're not going to play Sony Michelle, obviously. But this is still big news for Daryl Henderson. If Sony Michelle is even banged up, like they're just going to keep feeding Henderson like they have been. And he gets the Lions this week. Ooh, baby. I love that matchup.
1: Daryl Henderson's been so good, guys. I mean, he's an every week scrumptious start, period. I love Ooh. him.
3: You don't think so, Jake. You disagree? No, I was just I oohing
0: think. about the idea of it. like you didn't you didn't expect to hear that coming into the season. Well, if you were listening to us, you did. But if you're out there in the world not listening to us, <laughs> I bet you didn't expect that. and it's it's very nice. and I do agree.
3: I'm happy people got to get to finally realize Daryl Henderson's actually good. And I, I I love him. Jimmy Garoppolo is practicing. Trey Lance is not. Um, this more has to do with if you're counting on Trey Lance to be your fantasy quarterback starter moving forward this season. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo might get his job back. And Kyle Shanahan's a stubborn man, so I don't know when we're going to see Trey Lance out there again. I it, you know Garoppolo gets injured a lot, so who knows. But if you're planning on Trey Lance this week, probably have to pivot. Noah Fant, tight end for the Broncos, will play Thursday night. He was dealing with a foot injury. He's good to go. If you have him, you're starting him. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is questionable to play Thursday night with a shoulder injury. I, no. I mean, guys, this Browns team, uh, Baker Mayfield's been ruled out. You have uh, Nick Chubb ruled out. Cream Hunt is out. And is jarvis gonna play i don't i don't know i haven't really seen an update on he's that he's gonna I guess play I should each in
1: wide receiver position maybe if he's healthy it's just
3: who is case Keenum going to throw to uh, what an ugly sentence i wasn't brave enough to put david Njoku or austin hooper as a scrumptious starter of the week at tight end but one of those guys has to have a decent week you would think
0: hypothetically yeah uh that could happen <laughs> i'm not gonna bank on it though. this is gross
3: yeah, it is gross. And it's not the easiest of matchups defensively. I mean, the Broncos are kind of right on that line where there is solid defense, but they can be beat. I don't know. This is just a gross, gross game. I think this
1: is actually a really interesting spot to start the Broncos defense. Uh, like, I think they could be a really, really nice spot start. We're also forgetting about the fact that, like, Case Keenum, uh, he's he is a Bronco. Like, the Broncos know Case Keenum. He just played with the Broncos what 2 years ago. The Broncos no Case Keenum. Uh he had like was on pay or he did have a career high interception rate with the Broncos and now the Broncos get to be like hey hey hey. <laughs> I mean it's But just you're about to say of... something
0: nice about Case Keenum for half of a second. <laughs> I was like career high. Oh, like... in interceptions. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense.
3: <laughs> Remember when he got to an NFC championship game? Wow. <laughs> that was him like right it. that with the vikings that happened yeah right? same guy yeah, that was the wild that he almost made it to a super bowl latavius murray for the the ravens did not practice wednesday it looked like it was the latavius murray show there until he got hurt um in the game where then devonta freeman kind of got some carries lev bell got a touchdown If you're going to start one of these guys against the Bengals, is it Freeman or is it Le'Veon Bell if Murray does miss time?
0: I hate it. Can I pass (laughs) on this entire week? Can I just sit out this entire week? If I had to, I would say Devonta Freeman, and that feels icky.
3: It's not even like we can say just, like, avoid this backfield because you're likely going, going to find yourself in a spot this week where you have to start somebody disgusting, and Devonta Freeman might not be the worst option out there. Because there's people like me starting Gail and Cole (laughs) and I would love to bump to Freeman on my team.
1: (laughs) Guys, Tyson Williams is averaging 5.5 yards per rushing attempt. Like he is, he is hands down. I just like, I would love to get in a circle with some people from, from Twitter, uh, get, get some news crew people involved, maybe some NFL network talent, just to brainstorm. What in the world Tyson Williams did to this coaching staff? Because he's looked good when touching the ball. What did he do? Who did he hurt? Speculation. I don't know, but uh, I can't imagine that they leave him uh, another inactive this week. I, it would be nonsensical.
3: Yeah. Tyson Williams would by far be my favorite play here if they would just feed him the ball, but it it seems like they're against that for some reason. Uh, One guy will say you have to go pick up if you're struggling this week and you're like, who am I going to play? It's Jarrett Patterson, the backup for Washington, uh, running back behind Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson did not practice Wednesday. Now that's been normal for him this season and he's played, but he did have the MRI on his shin this week after the game. Like he, he's struggling to get through games. Um, and if they decide to sit him this week, rest him up. Jarrett Patterson's a good play against the Packers. Obviously, J.D. McKissick would, you know, see more snaps. But Patterson's more that all around running back that should get the work if Gibson's out. So I would go stash him if you have any room at all during this time when you're really struggling to find people to get into your lineup. Do you guys agree?
0: Ugh, no. But I'm going to talk about <laughs> it a little bit later in the show.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, the Giants are just a mess right now. Still, Kadarius Tony, dude, he was going to ball out. He was going to have such a monster game. Played six plays, and he already had three receptions for 36 yards. Six plays. Um, he. Was leading the team in receiving yards and receptions at halftime. He played six plays, and then Dante Pettis ended up with ten targets. Sterling Shepard ended up with fourteen in that game, or even I don't even know if it was more than that, but it was at least fourteen targets. Oh, Tony would have just went off. They just fell apart once Tony was out, and it kills me inside because I played him everywhere. At least who knew the rookie. Points
0: receiver would be the linchpin in this offense going into week seven, but it certainly feels that way.
3: Yeah. And he's going to miss this game. Uh, and he could miss another one. So that's staying St. Claude Barkley. It wasn't practicing still. You would think he's going to miss at least one more game. Kenny Galladay, still not practicing. Listen, I want to start Daniel Jones against the Panthers this week. I was like, he was almost my scrumptious start of the week, but then it's like, ugh, if he has to target Dante Pettis 10 times, like he's not going to be a good play. Like, that's not going to be a nice outcome. So I I think he could have a nice week, but he really has no uh, players to target besides Sterling Shepard. And I love Sterling Shepard, but you need more than that. Devontae Parker for the Dolphins, back at practice. That likely means less targets for Jalen Waddle and for Mike Kosicki.
1: Jalen Waddle is officially on pace for 13 million targets this season. He might only have, like, seven yards. But yeah. <laughs> like the PPR upside here is fantastic.
3: I'm gonna talk about Tua in a little bit here, but I did want to bring up before we get into our scrumptious starts. The rumors are heating up. I, I I know the rumors have been heating up like throughout the offseason, all that, but it seems like it could be possible. The Dolphins have lost five games in a row. Tua hasn't looked too good. Rumors are heating up about Deshaun Watson getting traded to the Dolphins, like super soon. And apparently, like. Houston's like, no, we wouldn't even want a back in the trades. Like, please keep oh my him. God. Apparently they wouldn't even want him. We're like, ooh, that's brutal. You would think they'd want him over Davis Mills, but whatever. Um, But that would be pretty huge for guys like Jalen Waddell and Devontae Parker. Like, I, I don't even want to get into Watson thing. I don't know what in the world he did. I like, I don't even want to get into it. But when he's on the field, he is a star. So I'm just going to comment on his play he would make Jalen Waddle a complete star. So if you have Jalen Waddle and the Sean Watson got traded there, that would be interesting. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Should we get into our scrumptious starts of the week because they're disgusting and they're only slightly <laughs> scrumptious. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: So meaty.
0: What's not to like custard? Good. Jam good, meat good.
3: It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, Jake, you start us off. Tell me about your scrumptious start of the week at quarterback. Now,
0: this what I'm actually excited about for realsy. I was <laughs> so excited, in fact, last week to talk about this guy before I realized <laughs> he was on a bye week and uh, his actual matchup was this week. But Matt Ryan gets to play the aforementioned Miami Dolphins who uh, are not looking good as a defense. Overall, they are just not good. They've allowed the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. Uh, Now, Matt Ryan has the fourth most passing attempts in the league, sneakily enough. He's he's doing well. Uh, I mean, for real life, you know, maybe not so much. But for fantasy purposes, if they're going to keep allowing him to air it out, then I'm very comfortable with that. Um, He was the QB 10 over the last three weeks that he actually played. He lit up the jets for 342 yards and two touchdowns without Calvin Ridley, without Russell Gage. So if he gets those guys back, this is going to be that slop fest game that I'm really interested in, you know, because both defenses are going to be terrible and they're going to keep throwing the ball and it might work out. And that's what I'm hoping for here with Matt Ryan.
3: I I, I like that pick a lot. I actually was going to put in Matt Ryan, and then I saw you did, and I was like, damn it. I'm going with the guy on the opposite side of the ball here. It's Tua Tanga Vailola. I know I was just talking about how he hasn't been the greatest this season, but he's only played two full games. Like he got hurt in week two and played for, he only had four passing attempts in that game. So maybe let's give him a second, like what he did against the Jaguars and throwing that interception. Like that was terrible. You can't lose to the Jaguars. a. they haven't Jaguars. Haven't won a game in a gazillion years. And you lost him. Like that's brutal. the Jets
1: would like a word.
3: Yeah. And then, and then that interception, I was just like, what even is that? What, what was that? It was so bad, but he still scored 21 fantasy points in that game because he had to pass a ton and he's, sh- Probably going to have to do that again against the Falcons because the Miami defense is terrible. And, you know, Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts and Patterson, they should all be able to score. So he should have to keep up with them. The Dolphins have no run game at all. They refuse to run it with Miles Gaskin. And it's just like Malcolm Brown's not going to get it done. So they have no run game. Tua has to throw a tiny through 47 times last week. He has backed Devontae Parker. He has Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki. Like Tua needs to perform. He has the pieces there. He has no excuses. And now he has this rumor down his, you know, the back of his neck again. Who knows if it's true, but it's still, the media is talking about it. You need to show up and you need to perform and you need to prove that you're the guy for this team or you're going to lose your job. So perform Tua. show us who you are. And the Falcons have played five games now because they are on a bye last week. And three of those games, they've allowed quarterbacks to score 28 plus points. Taylor Heineke scored 28 fantasy points against them. Jalen Hurts is amazing, but he scored 29 fantasy points. Tom Brady, 30 fantasy points. Now, Zach Wilson only scored eight in London, but that's Zach Wilson of the Jets. So I'm just going to throw that game away. Uh, Tua, you got to perform and you have to hit over 20 fantasy points here. Throw three touchdowns for once in your life. Let's see it. 300 yards, three touchdowns. Let's go. Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week?
1: All right, this is a gross one, guys, but it's a guy that I was actually really high on coming into the season, so I'm so sorry I have let you down. It's Ryan Tannehill. He plays the Chiefs this week. We talked about it last week. The Chiefs are not a good defense. They're allowing a score on 48.3% of drives. They uh, like it, they just keep allowing air, air yards, and they're just leaking everywhere. They can't contain opposing offenses. And I do think that a lot of this uh, this performance that we've seen from Ryan Tannehill, we have to expect uh, some positive regression, right? We I feel like it's been too long since we've used that word. He's on pace for the second lowest touchdown rate of his career. He averaged 7.2% touchdown rate and a 1.7% touchdown rate with the Tennessee Titans so far. This season he's only throwing a touchdown pass on 3% of his throws and throwing a, a tut, uh, an interception on 2% of his throws which like none of these metrics seem to be like on pace for what we know he's been capable to do with this offense. He's been one of the most highly graded passers on play action. The issue is that they haven't been utilizing play action as heavily as they have in years past, but you know, I think there's some really nice opportunity here against the Chiefs to just put up some nice fantasy points. They're allowing a league-high 39.3 rushing yards per game to the quarterback position, which we know, T- Tana, it's, he's not Jalen Hurts by any means, but he's a mobile quarterback. He can move the ball. They've allowed 30 or more fantasy points in three out of six games. I, I do think that this uh, this is like one of these perfect situations that sets Tannehill up for a big big potential upside and we know that upside's there
3: the I thing that it. always scares me about ryan Tannehill is that derrick henry could steal five of the like they could score 40 points in a game and derrick henry could score all of the touchdowns but Tannehill should have a good game in this game i think aj brown will have a good game so i i think he's a fine start jake what were you gonna say
0: Derek Henry had his fun last week. You let it be Ryan Tannehill's turn. You had your three touchdowns. Let Ryan throw some a little bit here. I just wanted to point out that my uh, my favorite phrase of the episode so far is the Chiefs are leaking everywhere. And if we can snip that out for future reference, that would be terrific.
1: I can certainly Uh, do that throughout the editing process. But there's one more thing, uh, and I want to like dispel this because I feel like this was a thought that I was having when I was trying to figure out what's going on with Ryan Tannehill. He's actually on pace for a career uh, with the Titans, career high pass attempts, 539 attempts. uh, Is he, you know, for a 16 game pace at this point? Um, Looking at last season when he was a very productive fantasy quarterback. Uh, he only had 481 total pass attempts. So the volume actually is there. We just need to work on that efficiency. Ryan Tannehill can do it. Come on, Tanny Manny.
3: All right, let's move to the running back position. Jake, who's your running back scrumptious start of the week?
0: Well, this guy is why I was not so adamant about Jarrett Patterson at the top of the show, because I am all in on JD McKissick this Ooh. week against the green Bay Packers. Uh, I, I am just a big fan of this guy whenever he doesn't have to compete with touches. Kate, I know you talked about him coming mm-hmm. into this season here. Uh, he obviously gets the passing work and whatever you wish could be thrust upon Antonio Gibson is not happening. It's going to McKissick. And now if Gibson does truly not play, if he does sit out this week, I'm incredibly excited. His splits, McKissick, it's very small sample. There's only a couple of games that Gibson didn't play last year. But in those couple of games, he averaged over 18 fantasy points in those couple of outings. And Green Bay, it's going to be a matchup where they should hypothetically have to throw it quite a bit here. Uh, Last week, McKissick had eight rushing attempts for 45 yards. He got 10 targets for six receptions and uh, 65 yards through the air. 100 plus scrimmage yards last week. And now he gets what, in my eyes, is a pretty dang good matchup. So I'm, I'm psyched. I, I mean, you know, not Naheem hindsight, of course, but I'm pretty psyched <laughs> for JD McKissick this week.
3: Obviously if my, you know, if I had the decision between JD McKissick and Jarrett Patterson, I'm choosing McKissick, right? Like he should get more of the snaps. He's going to get the targets. But all I'm saying is that you're absolutely desperate. If Antonio Gibson does not play Patterson is an option, not a great one, but he is an option. <laughs> Sorry. That's
0: fair. That's fair.
3: Uh, one guy who's my scrumptious star of the week. I, I'm getting bold here because it's been really, really gross for him as of late. It's Miles Sanders. Name sounds great, right? Like he was supposed to be the superstar in the league. Uh, last offseason, we expected massive things from him. It's just they they won't feed him. They would not feed him last year. And this new coaching staff has even gone in a further direction of not feeding him. He gets the Raiders this week. And it seems like so long ago since week one when we saw him have 19 touches in week one. He had 110 scrimmage yards. He scored 17 fantasy points. We're like, woo, he's back, baby, with this new coaching staff. And then they just stopped running. The last four weeks, they just, they're not running at all. And they're not feeding anybody. And they're just trying to have Jalen Hurts play this hero ball. And it's not working. They're just losing. It's not a winning game plan. And every coach on that team now is like, we need to feel feed Miles Sanders. We need to run. Like the offensive coordinator just said we need to get Sanders the ball more and get him going early in games. It's like, so do it. Like you, you have the control. So do it. It's not that hard. You can just say, like, hey, let's hand the ball off to Miles Sanders. I do think they're going to have to if if they have any hope of winning this game and keeping Jalen Hurts alive. They have to hand the ball off to Miles Sanders early. The Raiders pass rush is good. Like it's really solid. And that that Eagles makeshift offensive line is really, really, really bad. Jalen Hurts is going to be running for his life and is going to die unless they establish the run. So I do think if this coaching staff is has any brains at all, they will use Miles Sanders and they will use him often. The Raiders can be beat on the ground, and they've given up plenty of fantasy points to the running backs. Like last week, I was excited about Javante Williams against um, the the Raiders. It didn't work out because Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon have to split carries for some reason, even though Williams is so much better player at this moment. You get what?
0: I get one. Yeah, you exactly. get one.
3: <laughs> but they combined for 21 fantasy points. They had over 100 rushing yards together on, you know, 20 carries. Like you can beat the Raiders on the ground. I, I think this is a Miles Sanders game. If they really come out and they don't run at all again in this game, then the Eagles have no hope. And this this coaching staff is not here to stay at all. So um, I hope they're smart. That's all I gotta say. Kate, I hate your scrumptious start of the week this week. This is disgusting. (laughs) He has no ceiling ever, but go ahead. Tell us all about it.
1: It is pretty gross, but I'm looking at Damian Harris running back for the New England Patriots against the Jets, baby. They are allowing lots of fantasy points to the running back position, Uh, particularly a lot of receiving work, which that's not really Harris's forte, but I mean, looking at what they're doing right now, there's nobody that's really taken over the James White role in this offense. Bill Belichick is a smart man. I do think he'll get the running backs involved, given the success opposing running backs have had against the Jets, Uh, despite the fact that he's only on pace for 24 targets this year, which is a bummer. That's still a a career high for him. I don't mean to brag. But, like, this, the workload, it's totally, say, 14-plus carries in four out of six games a season. He had a couple of down weeks, but uh, he's he's the clear-cut RB1 in this offense, ranks 12th in rushing attempts, ranks 5th among running backs in missed four tackles, 8th in yards after contact. He's getting all the opportunity you want, uh, but I do think this could be the week that, you know, he might pad the stats with, like, uh, three to four catches, which isn't fantastic. But if he can wrap together that that entire, uh, you know, the rushing production with a couple extra catches, just to to teeter you over the edge, I think he could be looking at an RB one week uh, against the Jets.
3: I feel like he needs like two touchdowns, right, to have like a massive week. That's just like the kind of player he is. But you'll you'll live with fifteen points this week if you could just get in once. Uh I, I don't hate it, I guess, but he definitely doesn't get me excited. Jake, hit us into your uh, let's get into the wide receivers. Who is your scrumptious start of the week at the wide receiver position? I don't know that
0: mine's any less gross than Damian Harris, respectively, but uh I like Hunter Renfro quite a bit this week against the Philadelphia Eagles, given what we're dealing with uh in in terms of lacking overall studs. You know, prior to last week. Renfro actually looked pretty great. He had a down week last week, but prior to that, not a single game with less than five receptions or fewer than 45 yards. No, those numbers do not jump off the page. But in terms of a floor, in terms of a guy that you just have to plug somebody in for safety, I don't hate that. The Eagles are bad against slot receivers. It feels like they've been bad against slot receivers forever now. Like, I don't know why they cannot get that together, but it seems like for two years we were talking about this. Hunter Renfro is known as the slot machine out there in Vegas. And a monster tackler. A monster tackler. And (laughs) if you get points per tackle in your league, then all the better. Uh, But even if you don't, he's got 20% of his team's targets. And yeah, maybe that's not crazy high, but he is competing against arguably the second best tight end in the league with Darren Waller for those targets. Hasn't exactly shown that this year, unfortunately. But Renfro, to me, is the definition of a safe play this week in a week where there are not a lot of those to speak of.
3: Yeah, I don't hate that. Again, like all of these, I'm just like, meh, gross. But um, my guy, <laughs> you would be super pumped about, and I, I know this might be cheating a little bit, but it's Calvin Ridley. And I don't think it's cheating because, yes, we all drafted him high, and obviously you're going to play him. But he hasn't been succeeding so far this year, not at least not in his draft cost. Like he's been a disappointment. But I think we're going to see that big breakout game from him this week. Uh, he has yet to score 20 fantasy points in a game. He does not have 100 receiving yard game, and he only has – one touchdown all season long. We've known Ridley to be an amazing touchdown scorer, So you don't know, like, I don't know what's going on with him this year, but I do think he gets into the end zone. I think he has a monster game in the last three games. He said 10, 11, and 13 targets. The targets are there. We just need to see the production come now with those targets. Uh, the Dolphins, the team that they're playing against this week have allowed the third most fantasy points to the wide receiver position this season behind only the Titans and Washington. And they've allowed 13 passing touchdowns top six, most allowed this season. I, I just think this is going to be a monster monster game from Calvin Ridley and like top five potential this week.
1: I like it. I like them. Oh yeah. And especially if you've been able to trade for him in any leagues, like, uh, he was out with a personal issue like that's you're not going to hold that against him. But still, when you have an absence in your fantasy football lineup, it still hurts. And taking advantage of the pain of your league mates is what this is all about. Yeah,
3: 100 uh, percent. Jake, do you do you judge me for going easy here?
0: No, because like you said, it it reads as easy because you're familiar with that name and you just go, yeah, he's just said and forget it. No. No, he's not. But I I love the pairing with my guy, Matt Ryan. I think they can work beautiful magic this
3: weekend. Yeah. Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week?
1: I'm taking Antonio Brown versus the Chicago Bears. I think this is going to be a primetime opportunity. And like, honestly, if we're looking at Antonio Brown and uh, the fact that he's catching passes from one of the uh, most successful passers in the NFL this year, He should be a weekly start because even when they play target roulette, Antonio Brown still keeps coming out as the guy that I think everybody should want to roster. He's got such tremendous upside. He's ranked top uh, 10 in yards per route run uh, in the NFL. He's one of PFF's most highly graded wide receivers on the season. But I mean, if you're okay starting Mike Evans, if you're okay starting Chris Godwin on any given week, you need to be feeling really good about starting Antonio Brown because he's playing at the same exact level. He leads all of those wide receivers in terms of yards per reception, has four touchdowns, which is just as many as Mike Evans on the year. And the great thing is he's been performing just super well after the catch. He's He's been really efficient. Uh, he's He's been doing work. He looks like A.B. Uh, and the Chicago Bears, they've been allowing – Plenty of touchdowns to the wide receiver position. So even if he doesn't top 100 yards this week, I like him to score a touchdown.
3: Yeah, I think Antonio Brown has become an every week starter. I mean, he has the same amount of receiving yards as Mike Evans, more than Chris Godwin, and he missed a game. And those guys have played every game. So he's clearly Tom Brady's go-to guy. A little bit worried about the ankle sprain from last week. But if he plays, I think he'll be fine. Just wrap that thing up, be good to go
0: wrap it up I, that's a good life lesson by the
3: way just wrap it up wrap it up uh jake let's get into tight end positions nobody needs a a wrap it up when and, you're talking yeah, about
1: tight ends um Ooh. if like let's Whoop. what <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. that was the worst transition i've
3: ever done in my life i think
0: it's perfect
3: i don't even know what i'm trying were to say were you speaking english no <laughs> i was not we <laughs> <laughs> Tight end. <laughs> okay, Jake, tell us your scriptures over the because it's disgusting also. Guys, you didn't yeah. have to get this deep. You could have said some bigger names.
0: No, there, there's no bigger name. And I just, I agree, it's gross. I want to hurry up and get through this and get to both of yours because I'm excited for both of yours. Up. They're much better. Uh, I'm, I'm going with CJ Uzama here against the Ravens this week. And it's based off two very simple principles. One is that Uzama has the fifth highest route running percentage of tight ends in the league, he's ran 77.2% of his snaps uh, as routes there. Baltimore, yes, they started off with a slaughter of amazing tight ends that they had to play. So their numbers look a lot worse, but even against worse foes, they've not been good. The last 2 weeks, Baltimore allowed Mo Ali Cox four targets, three receptions, 50 yards, and then last week to my guy Jared Cook, they allowed seven targets, four receptions, 25 yards and a touchdown. It's gross, but you need somebody and I couldn't say Kyle Pitts here. So I'm saying CJ Uzoma. <laughs>
3: I know I've used Mike Kasicki too many times now, so I had to find someone else, but it's still Mike Kasicki. He's been just like, he's been a target monster. He's been killing it. Uh, But no, my guy's actually Dallas Goddard you know, bigger name, but he's been a disappointment in fantasy now for like his entire career. So I don't know why he's a bigger name. We just really want this thing to happen for him. And now Zacherts is finally out of town. He's finally gone. We've been waiting for this moment to see what Dallas Goddard is made of when he's a clear cut tight end one there. And he gets all the snaps now poor Jalen hurts, right? I mean, he has Devante Smith and his second favorite guy was Zacherts and they're struggling because they won't run and then they're like screw you hurts we're gonna we're gonna ship your second favorite target out of here bye so zackers is gone he had the second most targets on the team he was one of only two players with multiple touchdowns for the eagles this year uh, along with goddard so that's good news but with Ertz gone, Goddard snaps have to increase. You would think his targets are increasing. And over the last four weeks, the Raiders have allowed a lot of points to the tight end position. Mike Kosicki had 10 receptions, 86 yards against them. Then they played the Bears, which I don't count that as a game to play against tight ends. Cause like Cole commit and Jimmy Graham don't count as anything that you're worried about. But then the next week after that, Jared Cook had six receptions, 70 yards, one touchdown against them. And last week, Noah Fant had nine receptions, 97 yards and a touchdown. Like their defense is solid at pass rush. But besides that, they're not, they're not guarding any of the tight ends. Like their linebackers can rush the passer, but they're not staying with any of them. So I, I, I'm excited about Goddard. Hopefully he gets in the end zone. Hopefully he can shine without Ertz. But if you have him, you know, this is this is the time you're playing him now that Ertz is finally gone. Kate, I have a feeling your scrumptious start goes yes. along with this. This is a
1: perfect segue. And, Michelle, you did most of my research for me because you gave all the reasons why Zach Ertz, uh, you know, was maybe stealing some of the work from Dallas Goddard because he's actually he's been pretty decent. Um, but the issue is when you're splitting those snaps at the tight end position, um, it's it's a challenge. There's only so many targets to go around. But this week, the Arizona Cardinals get the Houston Texans, allowing the second most fantasy points against Should the tight we end position.
3: The Zacherts got traded to the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Didn't we already do that?
3: I did not say to which team. I ah. just said he's gone. But yes, yeah, he got traded to the Cardinals. He got
1: traded to the Cardinals. In case you missed this breaking news. Uh, I, I think this could be a really interesting opportunity to get him involved immediately. I know when we think of the Cardinals, we think of uh, these heavy wide receiver sets, and and they don't generally play uh, a lot of tight end. But Max Williams, he was, uh, you know, averaging like Max Williams. He's who is Max Williams? Nobody knows. Uh, he was averaging three point five targets per game, and I happen to think that Zach Ertz is a lot better than Max Williams. We saw what he can do. Like we saw Zach Ertz look really good um, in prime time when he had that tight end role to himself. I don't think he needs a ton of targets to be a really viable option this week. And uh, you know, sometimes when you you get uh, traded or you know you you get freshly signed, that a team's like, oh, let's feature this guy. Let's see. Let's see what he can do. Let's see how we can get him in the mix. I think this. Could be a fun start uh, for a guy that we all thought was dead before the season.
3: Or it's just going to be so confused how he has so much space to work because like, his entire career with uh, the Eagles, at least as of late, there's been no guys there to like allow him any space to work. And now that he's on an offense that's just stacked and might not allow for as many targets, but he's like, oh my goodness, look at me. I have space. <laughs> the defense doesn't even care about me at all because there's so many other good weapons.
0: Also, Zach Ertz is about to make Max Williams look like Minimum Williams.
3: You know what I'm saying? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I just got that. That took a second. All right, I got it. That's funny. Good
1: dad, Jim.
0: Don't say it like that. That's when you know it's not funny is when you're like, no, that's funny.
3: No, that was good. Can we move on?
1: <laughs> you, know, you know how you can indicate something's funny? Laugh.
3: <laughs> well, it took me a second, so I didn't want to laugh 30 seconds later. <laughs> Let's get into our biggest fade of the week. Uh, Jake, let's start with you. Who is someone that, even though it's really, really bad this week, you still just don't want to start them. You just don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, and you're going to have to probably make a choice here, but the entire Cleveland backfield, in my opinion, is it's a mess. We know there's no Kareem Hunt. There is no Nick Chubb. So there's these other guys that are hanging out back there. Dearness Johnson uh mr felton is out there and uh they just signed who was it josh john kelly i don't know there was some john kelly someone someone got and i don't even i'm not even bothering right now going to waivers to find a john kelly because it's going to be for this week and this week only hopefully presumably and i don't know what the distribution of touches is going to look like back there i don't know that anybody does i don't think this game script can possibly be a positive for them going against uh denver there they're already a bad matchup for running backs it, it's all just the ickiness and i don't want a part of it
3: yeah i i'm totally with you here and i feel like a lot of people are like oh well they just drafted demetri felton so that must be the guy and on their depth chart it does say Felton's the third backup after hunt and chubb they didn't draft Felton to be a, a typical running back like they knew they had chubb and hunt He's 185 pounds, guys. He's a pass catching back. He is not a guy that's going to come in when your when you're star, when your lead running back is out and take a huge chunk of those carries. Like, that's not what he's going to do. Could he get some targets? Sure. Like if they target him a bunch because they have no one else, that could happen. But if you're looking for a guy that's going to take the majority of the carries, I do think that's Dearness Johnson. If I was going to play one of them, it's him. Felton, you're going to need like eight to 10 targets for him to be anything. Um, I don't want to have to depend on that. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I would go with Johnson and hope he gets the touchdown. But yeah, I, I do wish I could stay away from it. But if I had to choose between the Ernest Johnson and my guy, it's actually kind of a hard decision. So I'm going with Khalil Herbert and it might seem silly because for me fading him, he just had an awesome game, right? He got the start with Damian Williams out. He got all the carries. He got the touchdown. Fantastic fantasy day. And he looked fantastic. Looked so good. The issue is he's not used as a pass catcher in that offense. He had two receptions for 15 yards. Damian Williams was out. And he could be back if he gets off the COVID-19 list. I guess we'll have to see. So then he has to split those touches again. All he gets is carries on the ground. And he's good at it. But now this week he gets the Buccaneers. And no one runs on the Buccaneers. I know Miles Handers had a couple big chunks, but I think like the Eagles were just passing the entire game. They just only guarded the pass. I'm like, oh, shoot, they actually ran the ball. They were just caught off guard. They're not going to be caught off guard against the Bears. They're going to demolish Jackson Fields. Like This is going to be such an ugly game. I want no part of it. There's been no running back this year that's hit 70 rushing yards against the Buccaneers. Only Cordero Patterson has scored a rushing touchdown against them. Um, the only running backs that have had any success in fantasy, even like slight success, have been those that have been heavily, heavily used as a pass catcher. And that's just not Harvard's role right now. Uh, and if Damian Williams is back, that's Damian Williams' role for sure if they do end up using a running back in that position. I don't want to start Harvard. I might rather start DeAndre Johnson.
1: Oh, I think that's silly. Really? I think he's going to touch the ball, maybe not as efficiently. You, people don't even
3: try to run on the box, though, so he might not touch the ball.
1: You don't think he – I mean, in their first game together, uh, in her first absence without David Montgomery, he out-touched Damian Williams in terms yeah. of his rushing attempts. So
3: I still think he, if they decide to run, then, yeah, he would get the touches. But teams don't even try to run against them because you're going to get negative yards. Like,
0: you will get them 14 yards on the ground, yeah. and here you're, you're probably going to like it because somebody else in your league is going to score zero with their starting running back.
3: I, I understand if you got to go with them. I do. I just don't expect it to be a good game. Maybe they can get. I, I don't even. I don't even foresee how the Bears get down to the goal line against the Bucks because that means Justin Fields has to make some big plays through the garbage air. time. Maybe Darnell Mooney does some stuff. Like I, I don't mind playing Mooney. That's pretty much the only bear I want to start this week. I love Justin Fields, but the system is garbage and he's not gonna be good until Matt Nagy's gone. So and Matt Nagy's still there this week.
1: Would you rather start a black bear? I don't get it. You don't get any of our jokes. <laughs> well, I don't get it. <laughs> you just said you don't want to start uh you don't wanna start really any bear this week. Why do you guys have to do dad jokes that I don't get? <laughs> because we're
0: sad about this week and we need to feel better somehow.
3: <laughs> Why do you have to tear us down when we're building each other up? Well, we're talking about fades right now. We're tearing each other down. Kate, go give us your fade of the week.
1: Uh, I am, you know what? Like this is a hard guy to fade because if you have him, I do think you need to start him just given the bipocalypse. Uh, like it's just too hard not to sit a guy that you think, uh, is going to get, uh, in really any, literally any touches. Uh, but I'm fading Alex Collins. Uh, obviously we saw him step into the Chris Carson role pretty immediately. Uh, he got banged up in that game though. He had a a hip and glute injury in that contest. It doesn't sound like they're uh, necessarily concerned that he's going to be ruled out, but even if he's not, i'm I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. Uh, and just looking at the matchup against the Saints, they have allowed a league low three point three yards per rush attempt. They've allowed the second fewest rushing yards among all NFL defenses. They are one of seven teams to allow just five or fewer rushing touchdowns. Like this is a you know, a defense. We are talking about the bucks and how stat that stout they are. I mean, the saints have been equally, uh, bottlesome. They did allow Saquon Barkley and Antonio Gibson, uh, both it, like touchdowns. And I think without touchdowns, it's going to be really hard for them to get a lot rolling. And this just doesn't feel conducive to a matchup where they're going to be able to run the ball much period.
3: I mean, yeah. And I I don't even know if he plays in this game. <laughs> it's like, I guess we'll have to check out his injuries, but yeah. I I mean, if you're excited because he demolished the Steelers, it's like the Steelers don't have a good run defense this year. So don't get too excited about that. And they just didn't fit. They're like, Oh, this running back just keeps running up and killing us. Well, let's not change anything at all. That's always the Steelers coaching staff's mindset. We're just going to keep going. We'll see what happens. And they got lucky because they have TJ Watt and that's pretty much it. But don't, don't get excited about, I want to get excited about playing
1: Alex Collins. If he's out, I'm not excited about DJ Dallas. Like fade all Seattle. Rashad Penny
3: baby's coming back from my arc.
0: Travis Homer time. Let's just keep going through the depth chart and listing off random Seattle. Running backs.
3: <laughs> oh, Lordy. All right, guys, I would say enjoy your week seven, but we all know, no, none of us are going to enjoy these games. I hope your favorite team is at least playing so you can watch them and I hope they win. Uh, this is a time where go steal Like, hopefully you're playing against a team with a lot of bye weeks and your team is still stacked. Go steal that win, baby. Uh, do it up. Uh, Enjoy your week, y'all. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. That's it for this week's
0: Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.